the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. I have Soraya here on the podcast for the third time. The only time that I've ever had a thrice, a thrice repeat guest. Is that the word? She's on for the third time. Um, Really great stuff. She's at such a cool point in her career. So I was really happy to be able to have her on to pick her brain. Before we get to that though, I want to tell you guys about a little company called NetSuite. So 2000, 2008, 2022, when it comes to the economy, those are some pretty scary years. The dot-com crash, the housing crash, and of course, you know, the roller coaster that we're going through right now. It is a dangerous time to not know your numbers, but over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity that they need because they can rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. So NetSuite gives you the visibility and control of your financial inventory, HR planning, and budgeting so that you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything that you need all in one space. So how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer is NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where they save money. That's why 93% of customers say that they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. So what are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. All you have to do is head to netsuite.com slash sessions right now. That's netsuite.com slash sessions. N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash sessions. All right, guys, get on some little NetSuite. And now we are going to move on to this interview with Soraya. Enjoy. Soraya, part three, the only time that there's been a thrice done interview with somebody, but it's crazy to think that like, okay, the first time you were on the show, you were still signed to WWE. Second time was that time in between when it was sort of like, what's going to happen? What does the future hold? Freedom was just like at your fingertips. And now here you are signed to uh, All Elite Wrestling. We both are. Who saw that one on the old bingo card, right? <laughs> Not us, right? 
Well, first of all, um, it's favoritism, you guys. I'm on here, as you know. Like, she doesn't really care. It's just friendship things. She's doing me a favor. You know what I mean? I always care. Listen, I care about all of it. No, no I'm just kidding. She does I care. care. She really I'm does. I care. AW social media the other day, I was like, no, you are not going to bury Renee Young. Oh, sorry, Renee Paquette. Ooh. <laughs> It's funny when those slips happen because I'm like so not offended if somebody calls me Renee Young, but I know it's such like a knee jerk reaction to like say that. Is it like that for you? Still not saying Paige? Yeah, people backstage at AW still call me Paige and they instantly like feel bad about it. I'm like, don't feel bad. I had like over 11 years of people calling me Paige. Even I get confused. Like when I was doing the signing the other day, like people want me to sign Soraya, which is which is absolutely fine. But I'm so used to just signing Paige or the fans are like so respectful and they come as well. They're just like, do you mind if I still call you Paige? It's just how I've known you. I was like, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me bitch. <laughs> well, I've been called every name under the sun. Nothing offends me like that. Um, okay, so a lot has happened since we did this last interview, um, just in terms, of course, of you signing to AEW, medically where you're at. You are now like back in the wrestling business. But I think like to me, the main thing to talk about right off the bat is the medical side of things. As soon as you signed to AEW, that really was like the big question mark about the whole thing. I mean, storyline wise, what's happening? I think there was like a lot of that just sort of swirling around. Fans were kind of chomping at the bit about that. And now here we are. So let's hash all that out. Like coming into AEW Festival, you know, you were a big part of that because, you know, I was just like, I want to go where my friend goes yeah. to. But also it's not like the big picture. But like, um, yeah, when it comes to like signing with AEW, I remember telling you, I was like, I'm not really 100% know, like knowing what I'm going to be doing there. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really don't understand. I just know that I'm going to go there to help the division in some way, whether I'm on TV or behind the scenes. Like, you know, I'm just there to try and help as much as possible. Even if the division is doing really well, it could always be elevated. Of you know? course, it's always good to have other minds and other perspectives on things. you got to kind of look at everything from like a million different angles. Right. And that's why they got Madison and stuff like that, too, to just like she's part of the show, but she's also a big help from behind the scenes and stuff. So when I came in, I wasn't a, I didn't really know like what the deal was. I just know that I was going to be a part of something and we're going to build something special here. But then when I got there, got the great reaction when I walked out and I was like, oh, my God. And you cannot for a wrestler out there and like tell them that they can't do anything else. You know what I mean? Like I came to terms with not being able to wrestle anymore and that's fine. Although I did a couple of years, a couple of years ago, I did uh, do some x-rays and they were looking great. Right. But I didn't do the full MRI, but I did the x-rays a couple of years ago. And it's not like the perfect read on, on your neck and stuff like that, you know, with the whole fluid thing, but. Exactly. Yeah. So x-ray is just of the bones and then MRI, you can see everything like all the inner workings of your neck like like the important part you know that they, they can see exactly like how much fluid is around there like they can see it's really crazy how an mri works and a ct scan too like it's, it's all kind of in the same family but i was like i just did the x-rays because i was a little nervous about doing the mri a couple of years ago so i was just like okay they're looking good maybe in a couple of years i'll start getting uh, like you know it starts getting better but i'm like i'm not gonna rush it because edge was out for like nine years Stone Cold had that match with Kevin Owens, but he didn't bump very much, you know, like it was like very limited, but they still had a, like an amazing match. So that was like inspiring to me. And I'm like, man, with Vince taking the taking that bump as a cherry on top of the whole exactly thing. right. <laughs> and I was like, man, like I, I probably could pull off doing a Stone Cold match. Right. And that it was just like in my head. 
And I was just like, you know, like, cause the match, you wouldn't think that there was an amount, like a crazy amount of bumps because the story that they told was so fantastic. And Kevin And they went all around the stadium. Everything, exactly. Like, I was yeah, like, well, maybe we anything. can do something like that. So I remember like throwing the idea at Tony and then he was just like, you know, like with Sting coming in, we kind of like, you know, uh, we did tag matches. So he was like, well, maybe we can do some tag matches. And I was just like, mm, you know, if I was to come back, I would want it to be a singles match. So I remember talking to the doctors and they were like, okay, you can do this, but we're not going to like clear you to take a bump. And that's the, the whole misconception with like how the internet works is, oh, she talked to like 25 doctors and AW doctor, Dr. Sampson cleared it. He didn't clear me for anything. First of all, I went out there with Brit and we did our own thing. Like I didn't ask clearance from the doctor there. I'm going to be honest. And, you know, and th- he was cool with it. He was like, just please don't take a bump. Right. Not ready to take bumps yet. Anyway. So he was like, if, if, you want to actually have matches like we have to get you completely cleared. That means MRI, CT scans, everything. So he was just I was like, OK, well, I don't want to go to a doctor which is associated with wrestling. Right. Because I feel like there's a little bit of bias there. And I'm just like, I don't want to make the same mistake where I came back and then I was like wrestling every single day and just like doing all these crazy things. I'm like, no, I really want to be aware and careful of my neck this time around. Like I really want to get to like the nitty gritty of what my neck looks like and how much I can do. And if I'm even going to be paralyzed, because that was the biggest scare is that if I did wrestle, I could potentially get paralyzed. So Halloween, the perfect day, right? I went to the doctor here in California, one of the best doctors around. He did a bunch of NFL, um, NBA, all these huge action stars, like celebrities, like actors and actresses and all that kind of fun stuff. So I was like, well, if anyone's going to tell me like, no, like this guy's going to tell me no, right? Because he's fantastic. And, you know, his job is on the line if he just lets someone go back to work. So, yeah, I got the x-rays done and he was just like, these look great. But we still have to triple check. So let's get the CT scans, MRI, and he managed to squeeze them in the same day. Right. So I went downstairs for the MRI. I went across the street for the CT scan. I brought them back all in the same like hour or so. It was like very quick. And then he sat there and went through them all. And he was just like, you're cleared. And I just like burst into tears. I was like, are you serious? So I started asking questions like, well, what about the fluid around my neck? And I remember seeing my last MRI with the fluid. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a fucking doctor or anything, but like I've, I've seen a few MRIs and I'm like, there seems to be fluid around that area. So like, that's why I asked, I was like, what's the deal there? And then he was just like, well, the fluid is back. He was just like, the fusions look perfect. He was like, there's no fractures above and below. There's no issues. I was like, okay, let's talk about paralysis though. Like, and he was like, it's rare. If you get kicked there, he was like, you have some cushion now. He was like, you know, and if you ever feel like you're not feeling too well, he was like, take some time off. He was like, you know, your body. He was just like, but I will clear you to get back in the ring again. And I was just like, all right, well, how many matches can I have? And he was like, let's take it easy. You know, we'll do like one match a month here and there, you know, and then gradually start building it up. But yeah, so the, long story short, Halloween is when I got like the full clearance. I called my parents. I was crying my eyes out, which I screenshot a picture. I think I sent it to you. From the doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I actually sent it to you. And um, did I? I think I did. Yeah, you did. It was like, it's such a beautiful moment. And then Ronnie's there and he, he's just like, you know, he's been with me the whole time that I haven't been wrestling. So he's never actually seen me wrestle before. Crazy. Yeah. So he's just like, I have to go watch you wrestle? Like, what the fuck? And then he's just like, been like, don't do this, don't do that. He was just like naming all these moves. And I'm like, trust me, I'm going to be fine. 
I'm not going to be like going, you know, absolutely crazy. But I also don't want to be held back either. Like I'm fully aware of what I can and can't do. No, I'm not going to get kicked in the back of the head again, you know, which was my fault, you guys. Again, that was my fault. And then the first person I text as well was Mercedes, Sasha. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. What was that conversation like? So I text her. She was one of the first people I text because I'm like, of all that stuff, like that can mentally fuck someone up to like end someone's career. And a lot of people like pitched us against each other after that. Like all her fans would attack me or my fans would, well, not all my fans. There's a very small percentage, but they would attack each other and they're always the loudest, right? So like they would just go and add it and they still go at it. And then, you know, they still send me like tweets being like, I'm so happy Sasha broke your neck. And then people are like, like tweeting at her being like, how dare you end someone's career? You're unsafe. She's not unsafe. It's just, it's an accident. It happens in wrestling. That's what we sign up for. But I told her and I was just like, I just want to let you know. I can probably read the text, actually. Um, Exclusive, exclusive. She was so sweet, too. I just said, hey, sis, I just want to let you know this since I know this whole thing was really tough on you mentally. But my doctor just cleared me and told me my neck is 100% ready to go. I haven't told anyone else, but I know this will make you feel good. I'm back. Ha ha. And she just like was like, I'm so happy. You know, she was like over the moon and stuff like that. And I just said to her, I was like, I don't want you to feel bad anymore. I had that period of time away and actually was for the best in the long run because I had time to really focus on myself, get healthy, get sober, start branching out and doing other things, you know. And so, yeah, I just felt like it was meant to be. And, you know, I, my neck healed in record time, you know, it's five years and, and I'm officially back. And I think that's pretty fucking inspiring. It really gives me like goosebumps to be having this conversation. I mean, you and I have obviously been talking about this prior to this exact moment, but it's like, man, for you to go out, get cleared the way that you did to now be assigned to AEW and like shit, the world is your oyster. Like you are a professional wrestler that can now wrestle again. Like, God, do you feel this like new lease on life to be able to like get back to you? Yeah. So I thought I was like, extremely happy before but being told like the thing that I've worked my whole life in and being told I can do it again it just elevated my mood even more like I'm a pretty positive person anyway like I started getting more positive you know and and just being told and getting that letter I sent you the letter too yeah where it says she's cleared to wrestle and I was like putting out framing that bad boy and it says like with no no restrictions that's like the big part too is like no restrictions and I was just like, holy shit. And I said that to you too. And I was like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe this. So like, I don't know, after that, I just been so like over the moon on fucking cloud nine. Like not only is my life personally working out, but my work life now is back to where I want it to be. And it's like even more so, like I'm doing other things outside of wrestling too. And I'm just like, things just work out for a reason. And I'm just happy that I stayed in a good mindset because I, if it was years before, I probably would be fucking just, no, I mean, not in a good place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, shit, you and I have been friends for the last decade or whatever from we first started in WWE and to see those ups and those downs and all of those things that you have been through. I mean, there's stuff behind closed doors that people don't know that you've been through. There's a lot of stuff that's very public that everybody knows that you went through. And like to have this 
victory to have this like win for you just feels like it, it really feels like that like the world is like repaying you you're like back in like you're back in the good graces and you know what's really cool is that we both started doing things at the same time remember we were just like i love that things are happening for both of us like it was like very similar things as well like we were, we were kind of going through that rut where we just like weren't really doing as much like i had my stream you had your podcast and your and your cookbook and stuff like that but it was just like you know, we kind of like felt like we were in that rut of like oh i feel like i can be doing more you know yeah you're kind of like spinning your wheels as it's like what does the and you know when you're growing up in the spotlight to a degree and you're busy doing stuff that when you kind of step away from that and you're trying to like kind of find your place in the world again of like what am i doing what am i bringing to the table what does the future look like for me and you start to look at life so differently of like what are my other options what are the things that i'm bringing to the table and now i think for both of us to be like back in the world of professional wrestling and like the capacities that each of us are like i know for me it feels like kind of feels like i was like putting a puzzle together and like i just couldn't get the fucking last piece to fit it like kind of went but it wasn't that perfect fit and now it just feels like everything settled into place the way that it's supposed to and i love your role more in AEW because I feel like you have like this more of a character here. <laughs> well, I mean, when I got to get between you and Brett, I don't have a choice. No, but I love it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Renee should be GM. Like, I feel like you would fit that role so perfectly. And like, you get to have more freedom with how you do these interviews too. Like just us kind of like switching stuff up. Like thanks to John, your husband too, though, you know, like I want to, your husband, oh my God, man, he's been an absolute saint for this whole thing because after like the first promo, when I kind of was just like, I don't know if I can do this. Okay, let's talk about that though, because okay, so first things first, before we get to the promo, let's talk about you debuting at Arthur Ashe and like what that moment felt like for you because you were like, I mean, just from the, literally the beginning of you being ushered into the building and nobody knew you were there. Secrets are so rare in this company or in this in this uh, business. Um, I feel like everything eventually gets leaked. So the fact that this was not and shout out to uh, to Muda, because I feel like Muda being there kind of everyone thought that's what out big time, like walking backstage. I'm just like, thank you. You know, everyone just thinks it's yeah. so people knew that there was someone there, but they didn't see thought it was Muda. Right. So. I was just like, oh, perfect. And they put me in this room and then, well, trying to get in there, first of all, they gave me like a shirt, like a tennis shirt. And like, I had my sunglasses and then they had like security, like all around me, you know? And the only, first of all, the only people that knew were obviously Tony and his lawyer and um, you, John, Jericho and Britt until like the day of, she was still being like, well, are you coming? Yeah. And I was still trying to keep it a little bit secret from her too. Cause I'm like, I still want to surprise some people, you know, but I was like, so like, uh, I remember just being like, this has to be kept secret. And I remember us talking about it being like, it would just be such a big deal if this just wasn't leaked. And it was such a nice big surprise. And so, um, yeah, I got there and then they rushed me through like, and I had to rush through where all everyone was too, right by catering. Everyone was in the hallways and then I remember seeing Claudio and um, Pac, right? I saw them and I really wanted to say hi to them because they're just really nice people. And I remember like not thinking and I look up at Neville or Pac and I'm just like, hey, hey, like, you know, like going to say hi. And then the security guy just pushed my head down. Just 
sign, no. And then he's like looking at me like, and I turn around for a second and then he's just like, what the fuck? Like, did anyone else see that kind of thing? You know? And so like, I get shoved into this room. There was no toilet in there, right? And we were in there for a couple of hours. It was fucking hot. There was no mirror. There was no nothing. And there was no food. And so you had to run and go to catering for me to find some food and stuff. And the room was right where um, Gorilla, which in AW is the go position. So like, I couldn't walk out even if I wanted to, because people, there was so much traffic there. So I was just like, man, like we are stuck here. And then everyone that came to the door was like cracked a little bit, but you came and you were hanging out for a while, you know, and then uh, John comes said hello, Jericho comes said hello. And then we finally like let Brit know too. And, but then um, the girls didn't know until just before they walked out for their match. I remember being like, okay, bring the girls in. And they were all just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like Athena and stuff. They were just like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you tell us? And I'm just like, I don't want it leaked. I was like, I trust people. I really do. But like, you tell one person you trust, they tell one person they trust, and then it just spirals. So I'm just like, I'd rather- The old tele-wrestler. Yeah, telephone tele-wrestler. That's exactly what they they say. (laughs) So I'm just like, absolutely fucking not. So, um, but yeah, like I got too hot in there. And like during the match, I just walked out. So I got to see a lot of people before I walked out. And then a lot of people were shocked, like Malenko and stuff. They were just like- what the fuck? I'm like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> How about the last minute, like, stress of knowing if you were going to be able to have Ronnie's music to be able to use Zombified from falling in reverse? That whole thing, too, because, you know, Ronnie's label, there's a bunch of people there. And then, you know, then legal in AEW. So 10 minutes before I was actually initially supposed to just walk out there, they were just like, Meech came in. Meech is mine and Renee's manager, right? He came in and he was just like, oh, I don't think we can use Ronnie's music. And I'm like, are you shitting me, bro? I was like, absolutely not. Like, I can't just change the music. Like, this is the music. And it's not because it was like Ronnie's song. I'm just like, this is the perfect song. So I was just like, fuck. So then I text Tony and Tony's in the middle of like running this show. Like the show is live right now. And he's in the go position at the monitors. You know, he's like fucking hundred miles an hour because people are asking questions. And I text him and straight away, he like got me in this group chat with legal and was just like, let's get this song done. And within like two minutes, like done. Yeah. They come running in there being like, okay, we got it done. That happened so fast. It went from being like, holy shit, what are you going to come out to, to two seconds later? Never mind. Everything's done and sorted. And thank God. How, how did that happen? So I also text Ronnie too. Uh, Ronnie couldn't be there this time because he had to do rehearsals. He was about to do a show, right? A festival. So I was texting with him being like, oh my God, babe, like, they're not gonna let me use the song. And then he was just like, I got this. So he's doing his side and Tony's doing his side. And within like minutes, they got it done. So I was just like, oh, thank God. Ronnie was like, let her use it for free for the first one. You know, like we'll figure it out later on. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank gosh. So you walk out, crowd goes fucking berserk. Holy shit. What like was going through your head then? At first, I was like, is everyone going to know it's me because of Soraya, right? And then there's going to be some people that know it's me because of Ronnie's song. You know, like there's a handful of people that know Ronnie and I are together and that's, they know his music, you know. So walking out and they didn't see my name at first, I was like, oh, that's like, everyone's like, there's a whole question mark going on out there. It was like quiet. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then once I actually, like my name popped up, there was like an initial like yell. And then as I walked out, the crowd just fucking erupted. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, this is the loudest people have been for me ever. 
I was just like, this is so fucking crazy. And this is a second comeback initially, you know what I mean? So, and people don't know why I'm there, but they're just happy that I was there. So like, I come walking down the ramp and I'm just like, how do I do this? <laughs> I was just like, you know, it's been so many years and you really do like, you forget. Like I've been watching my old matches back. I'm like, I forgot what I even do. I get in the ring and then I'm used to like how WWE had set things up. So like usually baby faces on the opposite side. So I'm like putting at the heels, like, yeah, I'm here, motherfuckers. And then I'm like trying to point to the baby face. I'm like, where the fuck are they? Right. And I'm just like trying to make it look not obvious. So I'm like looking around to the crowd and like kind of scanning. Like, I'm like, where the fuck are they? Where is Tony and Athena? And then like, I'm an idiot and they're right in front of me, you know, where hard cam would be. And I'm just like, oh, there you are. And I'm like, you want to get in here? Like, you know, so it was just really surreal and it was like fantastic. I got back, everyone was like so wonderful and just welcoming. And, you know, me and Tony scream at each other like, that's fucking Gary, you know, like, this is awesome. Like, this is an incredible feeling. And my phone was like lit up. I was just like, there's no way I can look at this all. But it was all very supportive. Even social media was really nice until a week later. <laughs> and then it all kind of turned a little bit. I was like, oh man. And then I remember texting you with the following week and just being like, Renee, I don't know if I can handle this. And you kind of took me off the ledge a little. Well, let's talk about that because that is like, okay, so you come out, crowd goes fucking nuts. Everyone's so pumped that you're there. Cut to the second week, you come out, you do a promo, you and Britt are kind of like nose to nose. We now know that that's where things are headed. And you've also not done this for like five years. Even when WWE was bringing you in as GM, um, you weren't there all the time. Like you weren't out there cutting promos and stuff all that often. So to now be back in this world, which again, yeah, it's a different world. AEW and WWE are run differently. You're thrown in the deep end. We're out there and we're making it happen. And then the fans got up in arms about the whole thing. And I didn't even think it was like, that awful you know what I mean like I was like I don't think it was that bad like watching it back I was like I don't think it's that bad but there is some fans on the internet where it's like if you go over to AEW from WWE they fucking hate your guts that's it you're toast you're dead to them and they make it known and they go crazy and I was like I said to you I was like I haven't seen this level of toxicity in a very fucking long time like it is crazy like I can't even look at my social media I made the rookie mistake of looking at it after the promo and people just fucking buried me. And like, I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna say. There's no plan with these promos either. Like you have to go out there and say whatever, but, I'm, but I also don't know what I'm supposed to say. Like, what am I doing here? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, what is the plan? I don't know. So I'm just like, oh fuck, well I can make that revolution. And then like, once I got out there, like the nerves just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just like, and I don't wanna make excuses for it. I really don't. Like I fucked up, it is what it is. But I started stumbling my words and stuff. I mean, saying fucked up is like drastic. It's not like you went out there and said something wrong or bad or like, you know, you went out and it was just like, shit, you've not done it in a minute and you're just in a new world and you're like readjusting. People are just very unforgiving in those situations. So unforgiving. Yeah. And they throw away like everything that you've done previously (laughs) just from that one thing. And I'm like, no, what's with that? And other days you used to say I was so fucking good. Like when I was like doing promos against like Charlotte or me and AJ going back and forth, you know, like, or me and Nikki Bella, it was always like, oh yeah, like we we love her. And you know, like then as soon as I like don't deliver a promo that's a hundred percent to their taste or they just don't like her. And that is what it is. Like people can have opinions. They really can. 
It's just, just don't the way try to they, like chop your head off over it. Like, dude, shit. they try to fucking like, like fucking, you know, Game of Thrones are like shame me through the fucking crowd. I'm just like, calm down. You're like spitting on me, throwing rocks at me right now. Like, calm down. And I'm just like, so like, what, what did that all do to you though? Like on like a real level in terms of like joining AEW, joining a women's division with like some women that you've never even met before and circumstances you've never been in before to now having like the fans not be as like receptive as you would have assumed that they would be. Yeah, it was, uh, okay. So the girls backstage are fantastic. I never have any issues with them. They were so welcoming. They're so sweet. And they were just like happy that I was there. And they were just, they were just just really wonderful and even up until now they've still been really wonderful um so the whole thing about like toxicity backstage there i'm like i'm confused because i haven't witnessed it yet you know like the girls have been pretty welcoming to us right like really sweet i mean that also just exists everywhere i don't know why it's so blown out of proportion as like that's everywhere it's not i don't find it any different than anywhere else honestly I mean, if you're going to be around people 24-7, you're going to have arguments. It is what it is. You're going to start. Sure, everyone's competitive. Like, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, so I'm just like, the what I expected, I was like, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Um, But, yeah, so, but the uh, the whole thing after the promo there, I was just like, holy crap. And, like, in, in me, I wish I didn't even say the boss thing. Because, like, you know, I feel like they got confused with Triple H, and Triple H has always been a fantastic boss to me. Like, I really enjoyed my time in NXT. I always had the best matches at NXT, too. Like, I had so much fun there, and he, he always did listen to me. So I feel like people got a little confused with that. And it's really, like, and I was just trying to do character stuff. It wasn't anything, like, personal, you know? So and I, I, people already know, when I do interviews, like, I talk nothing but positivity about WWE and my time there, and, you know, I have nothing against them. So like, but people just hung on to that too. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I'm like, people just like, I can't fucking breathe. So I got to a point where I was texting you and I'm just like, I don't know if I can fucking do this. Like, did I make a mistake? Like, what am I doing coming back to wrestling? Like, are you serious? Like I had such a peaceful life before. Well, and that's the thing too, is like when you're home and like the community that you've been able to create for yourself and like the Twitch world and like, yeah, you live in a world of like curated peace essentially. So when you're like thrown out of that, it is jarring to the system to like, yeah, you're like, why did I sign up to have people be mean to me? What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. But like, luckily, you know, Tony is also a fantastic boss too. So he just kind of like, even if he delivers something bad, he's always like very encouraging anyway. You know, he's just like, oh, I still think it's good. You know, like next week we're going to do we're going to do something better. And so, you know, he's just always like very encouraging. So I'm like, OK, like that helps a lot. But um, talking like I talk to you about literally everything. Anytime I'm just like, just let me go for a second, Renee, you know, and I'll I'll hit you with it. And then even recently I, te- I text you like I'm just like, I feel like I'm not delivering what I can like 100 percent. And I just feel like I'm like. I get in my head too much and I'm just like, and I'm not reading social media these days. Is it so different too when you think of like not only being away from the business for a long time, like yes, you were signed to WWE up until really recently, but you had not been on the road. You had not been, you know, on camera in any capacity really with WWE for quite some time to now, you know, you go from being like a 25 year old woman going through your injury, being sidelined, thinking you're hanging up the boots, your career in the ring is done, to now, as like a 30-year-old woman, you're a different person than you were then. You can't just go out and be Paige. That's not the same thing. So it's like, mentally, is that something that you find that you're kind of going through of like, 
who are you now in this world? So I have to try and evolve who Paige was, you know, because like, again, like I'm not 25 anymore. I'm not, you know, I don't have my piercings and my gauges in anymore. You know, like I'm not, I even have to rethink my wrestling gigs. I even said to you, I was just like, hey, I like to have my cleavage out, you know, just little, you know, here and there, but I'm like wrestling and cleavage. But back when I was wrestling this page, like I would have it all out. We wore double bras to bring these puppies up, right? But <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I remember texting you and just like, Renee, like, you know, like I'm 30 now, you know, I, but at the same time, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I've evolved so much. I've matured a lot more, you know, and um, when it comes to travel, like I want to be in and out of places. Like I'm not one to like go for drinks afterwards and stuff like I used to. I'm just like, or just hang out, you know, like it's not because I'm being anti-socialist because, you know, first of all, I'm focusing on myself. Like I don't want to even have my, put myself in a scenario where there is a bunch of alcohol, you know, and, you know, I, I'm like, oh, only one. Like, I, I'm just like, no, I'd rather not even like think about that. So I'm always like, you know, in and out as fast as I can when it comes to the shows and stuff like that. It is like a really funny adjustment because I find that for myself. So after the shows, often there's like, you know, pizza afterwards at the hotel or whatever. So like I usually go down because I'm starving. And they're so great like that. Like Tony plans those things to like keep morale up. He's like, let's have a pizza pie. It's amazing. No, it's really nice. It's super, super nice. And I like going because I do like to be social and hang out for a little bit. I'm also starving by the end of the night. So I want to like scarf food. But. This is mom ass version of me that I'm like, I want to get in, have a quick little hang, but I need to go to bed because when I land, I'm in mom mode now. Like it's, it's so different than being able to like, you ride out a couple hours, you come home. It's like, I don't get to come home and take a nap. I come home and it's like, we're going to the park. We got to go to the grocery store. Like we've got all these things to do. So it, it is like that, like mental shift of like your priorities just change of how you can exist on the road as we are now it's it's very different yeah and like when i come out i don't have a kid but i have my boyfriend i have my two dogs kind of and same. i'm trying to like build a career as soraya so mm-hmm. like when as soon as i get home i'm like okay i have these zoom calls we have these podcasts we have to do we have to be in you know these meetings to pitch different ideas my dog's ready to run away from me right now i'll <laughs> <laughs> see um <laughs> sorry, see. so like But we're always like planning and doing things and like trying to change and evolve and just like, you know, just run these errands because, you know, you have to get all your shit done before you're like, okay, now I have to fly out again. So, but before that, when I was like 25, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be home for a day, but I'm going to not sleep. I'm going to go out and party. I'm not going to wash my clothes. I'll just, you know, get some more, buy some more. Like, I just like, didn't care about that kind of stuff. I was like, I just want to have a good time. Now I'm just like, oh, I can't possibly imagine not being able to get into bed at nine o'clock at night. Like, oh, my God, honestly, no, give me an eye cream and like a tea and a large water. That's what I want. I want to be hydrated. Ronnie and I got into bed at 630 to watch our TV shows. I'm just like, I like to be in bed. And then I like to like not look at my phone by the time it gets to like 830, nine o'clock at night. So I'm just like, put it aside because I like to be asleep by 1030, right? An hour before you're supposed to sleep or whatever, you know, you're not focused on screen time or anything like that. Like sleep is so important to me now and it never used to be. And I feel like that's what helps us. Keep it coming. The fountain of youth. I'm into it, honestly. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up now with the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. And with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. And the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you get paid your winnings real super duper fast. So sign up today. Use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. The TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Prior to you joining AEW, there were other conversations that you were having because obviously in, you know, all of wrestling, a lot of things have been changing quite a bit. Um, So what were some of those conversations and I guess ultimately the decision for you to sign with AEW? I was speaking to WWE and I was like, you know, Hunt, I was just, he was confused why, like he thought I just left WWE and I was like, no, I wasn't like that. But he was out because he had, he had the heart issues and stuff like that. So he just didn't know. And God, he's so, he's really sweet and he really is fantastic. And I was just like, I really was like, okay, like, I think I could probably, I remember telling you, I was like, yeah, man, I feel like I could probably go back there. And he was going to make my schedule easier, you know? And I was just like, man, I feel like I could really, I could really do that. The thing that swayed me was, you know, AEW was, is a new fresh company, you know, and I'm like, oh, I could probably benefit from being thrown into, into like a new mix. Tony just offered me so much freedom outside of... I thought you were just going to say, Tony just offered me so much money. <laughs> just offered me so much money. No, because <laughs> WWE, we didn't even get into money at that yeah. point. It was just like, maybe we can do this. You know, there wasn't like a, like a definitive, like, this is the offer, you know, like... But um, Tony was just very like, he was like, let's do this, let's do this. And then outside of it, you can do whatever you want. You know, he was just like, I won't ask for a percentage of this. He was like, just as long as you come to work, I'm happy, you know. And I was just like, man, that's really fucking cool. Because I, you know how during the pandemic, I started the Twitch. And then at one point, the Twitch was getting taken away. But that wasn't Hunter again. None of this is Hunter. He would let people continue with it in NXT, you know. And so, like, I was, like, a little, like, flustered with that because I was just like, well, what if uh, they don't let me do whatever I want and then I ha- get stuck sitting at home again not doing anything? And I'm like, I'm 30 now. Like, I want to I start building a career outside of wrestling. Like, I can't just sit around and do nothing like I did for a couple of years. I, I cannot do that again. Like, that shit was... It was depressing at times. I was just like, and I felt like I was a fucking loser. Like, poor Ronnie. Like, there'd be days where I was just so down. And he was like, are you okay? And then... 
he would offer me like me being in his music video to make you know to make me feel like i was doing something or he would like want to keep doing all these things and he was like being really like, he was always motivating me but i was just like i just feel like i shouldn't have to like rely on you to like give me something i like I, I should my work should be helping me with that stuff like giving me this even media stuff and doing all these other things like i i can, I can be a tool somewhere it's also really crazy to like, I mean, if I, I will just rattle off like the accomplishments of things that you've done in terms of like really creating and solidifying what is now the women's division in WWE to now what you're going to be able to do in AEW to like having the movie made about your family, doing fighting with my family, like having that stuff, like doing total divas, like having all of these moments in spotlights where you are so busy and like really the central focus of so many things to step away from that. It's like, that's, that would fuck anybody up. Yeah, and I've always been busy from when I was 13 years old and I wanted to, like, you know, get into wrestling in my family's business and stuff like that. Like, I was always 100% in everything I did. I would send out resumes to different companies, got turned down because I was female. You know, it was just fucking, it was always a, it was always, there was always a mountain to climb, but I, I was always so busy and I was, like, always working somewhere. Like, every week my dad would be like, where are you this week? And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to Spain or I'm going to Turkey, you know. I was just always so fucking busy, nonstop since I was 13 years old. To then that, to come to a complete fucking halt, I was just like, I can't sit around and do nothing. Like, that's not in me. Like, and I want to do stuff. Like, it's not as if I wanted to sit around and just, like, grab a paycheck. Like, I, I was like, I feel like a fucking bum. You know, and I was like, so, yeah, just having the opportunity to be able to go out now and do whatever I want, whenever I want, you know, I mean, if it's like televised things, I would obviously, I would go to Tony and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do and this is what we're going to be talking about, you know, just so he can give the all clear for it. He's not going to tell me no, but obviously, you know, they would want, as a business, they want to know the details of what's going on. But they're, they're just so giving. And that's the thing like, that kind of persuaded me. And the fact, you know, if I can help somewhere with a women's division, then fuck yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. Because the WWE women's division is in such good hands. I'm like, where would I fit in with this? There's so many fantastic female wrestlers there. There's also a fantastic female wrestlers in AEW, but AEW's so fresh. They're like figuring out like the identity of like the women's division. I mean, the whole company, I mean, God, the company's only been around for three years. It's so small. We could do so much with the women's division. I was just like, man, I would love to be in a fresh place where I could come up with fresh ideas. And, you know, and the girls are so like receptive to them too. Like they're, they're really, really good girls. Like I enjoy working with them. And I'm trying to like make, make sure nothing, none of my words get twisted. You know how words can get twisted. Oh my God. I know. It's so annoying. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like I loved working with the WWE girls. I was just there for a really long time and I just wanted something fresh where I could really get stuck in with a new division and help elevate it in any way I possibly, possibly could, you know, like it just, it just felt like a, a new flavor of ice cream. And that being said, okay, so you're home, you're, you're watching AEW come together you're seeing the likes of obviously a Britt Baker of now Tony Storm is there Ruby Soho is there Athena is there we've got Jade really coming into her own Willow has just signed um I mean god there's so many women whose names uh, Jamie Hayter holy shit um there's so many different women that are there that are great but like what were you seeing at home watching this division like what was kind of making you salivate a bit Having fresh faces where I can potentially work with was 
the most important part. Like, you know, there is old faces that I recognize there, but like, I was like, man, like working with Jamie here, it could be really cool. You know, I never got the chance. You guys know each other prior? Do I just assume you guys know each other? No. British? No, you don't. Okay. But uh, people assume because we're both British, right? And her name's Paige. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like this is meant to be. Um, but like also Tony, I just always like, I knew her before, obviously, but like, I never got to work her and I just thought she's one of the most amazing wrestlers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I would love to work with her in some capacity. It was just, again, a different flavor of ice cream where it was just like, and I wanted the girls to get even more time because yeah. I know like the, the shows are a little shorter, but I'm just like, we could still benefit from having more time with the women, but also more segments with the women, you know, cause I feel like these, these ladies are really, really good. They are really good. It's just like uh, a lot of the time, like, you, you know, you want to give them more of a platform too. Of course. And I mean, God, if anyone's been there and done that, it's you. You've already done that and had to fight for that. So, you know, it's not a matter of fighting for it. At one point, yes, it was. But I feel like, yeah, now it's a matter of like TV time, great storylines. And, and I think, yeah, I think that's the big thing is being able to have like really awesome storylines for for the girls to sink their teeth into, for the fans to really like sit back and clamor for more of that. Which, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of leads us to, to Britt Baker. She essentially has been what the identity of the women's division is in AEW. So for you to be able to to now be working opposite her and stepping into this thing that she has built, what is like the dynamic of that relationship, I guess? And like, I guess just from you, even before you signed to AEW to like seeing what she's been able to do there in terms of like the matches she's had, the championship run she had. You know, having like the lights out matches, the unsanctioned matches, like all of these things that she's been able to do. I feel like people forget, like before the three years, she was wrestling and stuff like that, but she kind of got thrusted into this spotlight. Or it's like if someone just instantly got signed to WWE and then instantly got put on the main roster without, you know, going through the, okay, how do we work these hard cams? How do we do these promos? How do we do, like, you know, that's what people in NXT have to go through. So the fact that she was able to, jump in and she was learning as she was going too. I find that really fucking cool. And I feel like she doesn't get her flowers enough when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because, you know, she said, but she said to, she said to me before, she was just like, I've been learning these promos on the spot. Like I've been asking like, you know, the guys like how to do certain things like inflections, facials, like everything. She was like, because I was not used to working the cameras and doing promos to these big of an audience, you know, and just, so I just feel like that's really cool and inspiring that she kind of just got thrust in there and she's doing such a great job. And you can tell that she's comfortable in her role now. Like she's really, really comfortable in her shoes and, and where her character's going and what her character should and shouldn't do. And it takes people a long time to do that. But it's only been three years. I think it's very easy for people to go, oh, that person's good at what they do. But when like you've been there and you've done that and you understand like it truly does take a long time to to become so seasoned at doing that. And she's done it in such a short amount of time is very impressive. Well, I said the same to Sonia because contrary to that promo, I was pretty good at doing freaking promos before and I was comfortable with them, right? So like Sonia, before we go out there to do absolution stuff, she'd be like, how are you so comfortable? And I'm just like, one day a flip will switch and you just become comfortable. It's crazy. But it took me years to even get to that. So like, and one day Sonia was like, text me and she was just like a flip switch. She was like, I just feel so much more comfortable. She was like, I don't know what it is. I just 
one day you just realize like this is who I am. I'm comfortable with being who I am and I know what direction my character is going. So the fact that Brit came in and got shoved into the deep end and was like learning as she went, but got really comfortable really quick of who she was. That's talent. And a lot of people don't have that confidence that she does after, you know, a couple of years. Um, okay. So now as we get ready for you to wrestle again, where is your headspace with that? How is your style going to change given the circumstances? I know that you are fully cleared without any restrictions, but I assume some stylistic changes might have to come into play, at least as you're kind of getting your feet wet again. I wasn't too crazy before when I wrestled, right? I would do a lot of like mat work and all that kind of stuff. But I did love taking a bump. Like that was my favorite thing is to take a bump. I'm not going to be bumping like crazy. There is going to be bumps. Like I can't just go into a match with like zero bumps, you know. Um, but I'm fully aware of stuff that I can't do when it comes to anything from behind. Like that's more of like a, a PTSD thing too. Where I'm just like, please don't do anything from behind. Like that's, that's something like I would absolutely not tolerate. That would piss me off. I'd be like, you know, like until I'm fully comfortable with something, like don't do anything from behind when I'm not aware of it. Like if there was something you're going to call, like, I mean, a fucking forearm across the back or stuff like that. I'm just talking about a fucking kick or something like that. Something that could easily, you could lose control over. I'm just like, that's the thing. Like I have to, I am a little cautious of. But for the most part, you know, there is like the bumping and stuff like that. Like I'm doing some training and stuff around California right now. The bumping and stuff is like a little bit different. You know, I have to adjust the way I did it because I was a person that used to just fling my body back and it would be like mostly neck, you know? So I have to learn how to like flat back bump properly without absolutely creaming myself um, or killing myself. I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? God. Absolutely killing myself. Yeah, so... Um, do you feel nervous? Like, do you feel nervous to have this first match? Well, it's the same with the promo, right? It was like my first promo back, no script. Everybody was watching because they wanted to know what I was going to say. It was a big moment. This match is a big moment. People haven't seen me wrestle in five years, and they've only seen me wrestle in a WWE capacity. Time to get Brittany Knight back, bitches. Yeah, bring Brittany Knight back. You know, <laughs> like the old Gypsy Queen, as Moxley call it, right? Yeah. So again, I wanted to thank your husband because he's been so hands-on after that promo. You know, you too. Like, the whole thing, like, you know... Last week with the interview, you two were just like brainstorming off each other. And I'm just like, fuck, I feel like I'm having like a brain fog. I feel like I can't think for myself. And you and John are just like, we could be like, boom, 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 you know, going back and forth. And I'm like, you two are just mom and dad. You like spawn. They're fantastic. Like duo, just very creative, very, very creative together, separately, but also together. Like you two could run a fucking wrestling show. Easy. It's funny how much wrestling we talk about now, because as much as like, I didn't have to think like that in WWE. I learned a ton from being there and understanding psychology of things and why certain things happen and blah, blah, blah. But it's funny. I don't even think I fully understood how much I understood until now being kind of like thrust into this position because as much as I get to do on-air stuff, I also get to work as like a producer too. So it's really cool to like it's funny, how, yeah, just like how my brain thinks about it differently, but John and I like- You do it very quick God, though. I know. You're very quick. And that's the thing, like you'll be like, all right. And then I'll be like, all right, we need, well, we're going to have to change this. So what are we going to do? And then within minutes, you and John are like, we got it, this. And I'm just like, damn, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, and my head isn't in that space that like, and I have to like retrain my brain like that. Cause again, it's been so many years. Whereas like, you know, 
you and John are always together and it's like, he's always talking about wrestling and you, you're always going there with him. So like, I'm like, man, like, I wish I spent more time, like still watching it because when I took a step back from it, it was kind of like difficult to watch. So I was just like, I need to like wash my hands a bit for right now, you know? And so like, but I wish I was just, you know, cause I didn't, well, I didn't know where I was going to be in, in like five years. You had no idea. And sometimes you just need like that palate cleanser. Like I'm like that sometimes when like I'm around it all the time. Anyways, like you said with John, it's almost like through osmosis. It's here. It's happening. Like I'm not not around it. But there's times like when he is gone doing something, I'm like, I just need to fucking watch like you've got me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I love that. Palate I was like, cleanser woman for a second. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like I'm like, oh, my God, just let me like not think about this for a second. But it is really fun to be like back in that creative headspace and like like when we were doing that promo, it's like time was not on our side for that. So it was like, okay, what are we going to do here? How are we going to make something happen in this like small capacity of what we're going to do? And we did what we could. They gave us two minutes to try and do this promo, which we ended up doing this week in the ring instead, because we, we just felt like it was something that should be done in front of a live crowd. We didn't tell Tony that until after we did it, though. Luckily, again. Well, but you know, what we didn't think about because when we were talking about it before, it was like, no, we should. This should be like an intimate kind of moment. But then it just it wasn't that. And you figure shit out as you go. You know, you got to just be able to like adapt and figure it out as we go. Um, it's not always easy. So we had like two minutes for that whole segment. I was just like, how the hell are we going to tell like a good sit down story with that? And then John was just like, it's like a, a sit down interview. It's kind of like, you know, you go to a restaurant, you sit down, you take your time, you eat, you know, you know, you, you, you just you sit there for a while. But then there's a to go interview where you go there, pick your meal up and walk out. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's fucking genius. Like a sit down. You expect like time with that. So only having two minutes, we're just like, okay, let's switch this around. And this kind of reminds me of the days in, in WWE too, when me and the Bellas were going out and Emma, and they gave us like two minutes or whatever for this match. And we were just like, that's not enough time to tell the story. Let's switch it up. And then, you know, and then like something ended up trending, you know, and the girls end up getting more chance. But like, it's just the small things like that, that can make the biggest difference. Absolutely. No, it's it's really cool. It's such like an exciting time. Like I am obviously pumped to be there. I'm like beyond fucking thrilled that you are there, that you are wrestling, that you are cleared. Like honestly, when you came out at Arthur Ashe and I was not working for the company yet. I mean, we knew it was going that direction, but like I was just there as a fan and to go out there when like your music hit, like I was like, oh my God, am I going to cry? Am I crying right now? What's happening? What's happening? Standing on the boxes with your phone. I got I yelled like, at for that. And they're like, get, bitch, get down. You're like, not today. Not today. I almost work here. Let me do it. I was like bummed that I miss, missed uh, uh, your debut too, because it was in Canada and I had to go to the UK. But I was just like, oh, I'm so excited. I wish I was there to like see it because you got such a great reaction too. Like hometown girl walking out there, like, you know. And people are genuinely happy to see you in AEW. Like, I feel like mostly it's been really positive. Obviously, you're going to have a handful of people that are just dickheads. But I'm just like, for the majority, I mean, it's way more received than when I when I first fucking came. Like, people really just genuinely know that you're just fantastic. Bitch, don't jinx it. Don't oh, yeah. Jinx it. No, actually, don't give us some shit. shit. <laughs> Humble her real quick. Okay, so what what do you see this run looking like for you? Like when you have you thought about that? Like it's such new information kind of that like now you know that you can wrestle and you know like 
that that is what your job is going to be for the next however long. What do you want that to look like? Like, what are some matches that you really want to have? Like, what are those bucket list things for you now? At first, it's like more of a comeback story. You know, like it's official comeback, like, you know, and just being in a complete different mindset of what I felt like I should have done the first time I came back. There's plenty of women there that I want to have matches with eventually, you know, and I do want to do the stipulation matches I didn't get to do in WWE that the girls get to do now. But then also like work on more character work as well, like try and build, you know, I'm not completely let go of Paige, but like a more elevated version of her, you know. So yeah, there's just so many things that we, we could do now, like with the, we have such creative freedom. I'm like, man, like we get to really sink our teeth into a lot of things now and really think about about a lot of creative stuff we could possibly do. Is it almost like I don't want to say like more stressful is not the word, but I think like because there is so much creative freedom with it, you're like, man, what am I going to do with this creative freedom? You don't have someone saying like this is where you have to get. These are the parameters in which you're working like you really are in the driver's seat with this like that's that is a lot of pressure. Yeah. And again, it's like starting from scratch too. Like now I have to rebuild the character and I'm not a hundred percent sure like what she's going to do or where she's going to go. I know the idea she wants, you know, but like in WWE, like I, I knew my character, I knew Paige. I, I have been doing her for, like for years. I was doing like, you know, doing that. And then obviously getting people like writing scripts. And then again, you can switch and change whatever. But now I'm just like, well, who is Soraya? You know, and so I kind of have to like start from the beginning again. It's crazy. At 30, it's fucking wild. First of all, you're a young 30, especially when you've not wrestled for a bit. You kind of still are like 25, but you're just like the more like refined, mature version of that. Yeah, I'm just a sober, like, you know, way, way less flexible there. I'm like really mad about that. Ronnie was like, we need to get you in the gym and get you (laughs) like being more flexible. I'm like, don't we all? He was just like, yeah, he was just like, we should start going to the gym again, you know, because like we were doing the gym like six days a week. We, but the past month, we haven't been doing anything uh, yeah. because we've been busy. First of all, like he's been doing all these things for his music and stuff. And like I've been at AEW, but, but it's not an excuse. Like I have days off in between. Like I could potentially go back to the gym, you know, you'll get there. You'll do it. It'll all be great. Um, well, dude, I'm so like, so, so happy for you, honestly, like to just see you from literally day one when we met at NXT to like the ups, the downs, this happening, that happening, uh, you know, being off TV, being away from everything. Like, it's so awesome to see like where you're at, to see that you're medically cleared. You were signed to AEW and like, holy shit, this new lease on life for you. And like the future is yours, dude. It's going to be good. All right, guys, this has been Soraya. She is back, bitches. Everybody can be put on notice. She is there in the women's division, going to wrestle, 100% cleared. Here we go. Thanks, Tony. All right, a big thank you to Soraya for hanging out with me yet again. Uh, Honestly, I mean, I could not be more excited for her at this point in her career and um, just all the things that the future can hold for her. I think it's such an exciting time for her personally. It's a really exciting time for wrestling. Um, And I'm certainly excited that I get to be there as well, that I get to work alongside all these awesome people and really kind of reconnect with my own love of wrestling as well. So it's, it's great all around. 
thank you guys, of course, for listening to this episode. Thanks to Soraya for hanging out. If you guys want to hear any more of these great episodes, there's uh, episode one and two that I already did with Soraya as well. So if you kind of want to do a little roll back in time with those, you can. But there's tons of stuff, obviously, on the sessions, on uh, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts, and more stuff here on YouTube. Bye-bye.